0: Hello and welcome to Coverage, a podcast for professional painters by professional painters. I'm your host, Craig Bunting. I began my career as a professional painter. Now I work for Benjamin Moore as director of professional marketing in support of Pro Painters. In this series, I'm checking in with some of the best in our business. We're going to hear their stories, things we can learn from, things that make us laugh. Let's get started. All right, everyone. Here I am, Craig Bunting, again with another episode of Coverage. Today's guest, Jason Paris. Jason, how are you?
1: Doing good, man. Good to see you, Craig.
0: Jason and I were able to spend some time together in Orlando last week. So Jason's out of Minneapolis. Tell us about your business a little bit.
1: Yeah. So I have a residential repaint company. I started it 10 years ago with just a paintbrush and a dream. Kind of did it part-time for a couple of years. And then I quit my job, kind of classic on the side, quit the job, went full-time 2014. Since then, We've grown into, we produced, we sold 9 million last year, produced 8.3, and on trend, on target to produce 10 million in painting. At the same time, we have a little remodeling business, so we spun that off. Uh, it's called Haven Builders. It has a very similar logo to Paris Painting to show the sister company affiliation, uh, but that produced 5 million last year, and then on trend, on target, so far through Q1 to do 10 million, which is a big jump, but it's remodeling, so that is not uh, not too crazy, And then I have a low holdings company and, uh, we buy minority interest in painting businesses to help them scale. That currently has five million under that umbrella. Have four kids. Wow. What else? Chair, chair of the PCA. Yeah. Uh, we're building three apartments in Southern Minnesota. I did my first Ironman last fall. And when I was in junior high, I would oftentimes take my tray lunch and eat it in the bathroom because I had so much social anxiety. I got picked on. So. That's the full background on me,
0: oh wow how do you how do you overcome it?
1: Um, I don't know one gallon at a time <laughs> just one one gallon at a time,
0: yeah, so explosive growth, right? I mean, obviously you've got a lot going on almost as many uh business elements as you have children, so I'm sure you're I'm sure you're you're a pretty busy guy. One of the things that I was hoping to talk to you a bit about today is is you mentioned that you're the you know you're the chair of the p c a so for those folks listening formerly the p d c a if if those folks go back far enough um you know painting contractor association now uh kind of our really our you know our our industry association you know, the recognizable one i think is it's probably the best way to say it um and it's it's come a long way, so I've been involved with the p e d c a and then p c a for the better part of the last ten years, uh, maybe even more than that on a local level. Uh, but and I'm fortunate enough to be to be back on the board. And uh, Jason does a really good job of of kind of directing all of us board members and getting the association on track. So what I was hoping to hear from you, Jason, today and maybe help some folks out there understand, you know, what is the PCA today and where do you see it going? What are the the benefits of being involved, because I, I can tell you it's it's a far cry from what it was when I first got involved 10 years ago in a very, very good way. I mean, it's it's come a really long way under your direction and, yeah. and some others as well.
1: Awesome. Well, yeah, like you said, others as well. There's a lot of people involved in that, and uh, credit, credit, credit is due. Um, I'm a small part, but I'm happy to play the part that I can. Uh, big picture, the PCA is a nonprofit that serves to better the painting industry, and uh, we're fortunate to be underwritten by, I believe, all the major paint manufacturers, Benjamin Moore being one of the most generous. So thank you for the contributions there. Uh, we benefit the industry through free resources, but then we also are an association, which means that we serve our membership. And so we put out a lot of different programs and tools that are specifically tailored to our membership. Uh, high level, that's what the PCA is. Back in its heyday, I believe it was a requirement to be part of the PCA if you were in the union and I'm not sure if that was the 80s or 90s but it was a while ago and uh then that stopped and the PCA kind of was around after that and to your point some things uh it probably was not I would would just from the context I've heard it was not flourishing under that that paradigm shift but I'd say in the last five six years it's been fun to get some new leadership in place and uh Really, kind of see it get on the upswing once again.
0: Yeah, it sure is from my perspective, and I think one of the things that um, I've seen change with the with the PCA is that it's the focus is different. Right at one point, it was very much a social association to 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 a degree, yeah. um, but I think now it's very much more around education, and I think that's education and elevation. Right, so educating um, different contractors on a variety of things uh, and then helping them elevate their businesses. And ultimately I think our all, our collective mission is to elevate the trade, right? So to really kind of take the painting trade up and, and recognize it for how fantastic it is and the craftsmen and, and craftswomen who are involved in it. Yeah. Um, so what are your, so we had the meeting last week, right? It was the the annual PCA meeting, first one in a couple of years. Yeah. And from what I understand, I didn't get the final numbers yet. But from what I understand, we broke some records. Well,
1: we had, we had our eight and a half hour board meeting. Uh, more like board meeting, am I right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it had its high points and low points, I'll put it that way
1: um so that was fun but no yeah we major numbers so i think we're close to 700 uh attendees there which blew the socks off of what we hit two years ago which was a, a new record and really fun to see that coming off code year uh outside just the attendance i mean it was uniformly energetic and optimistic and so it was a lot of fun walking around the expo uh <laughs> I've been joking with the. T- I felt like a rock star there. It was fun to be like very niche famous. And uh, then you get back home and no one cares who you are once again. But <laughs> it was fun. Everyone was just so excited and very grateful. Like you said, the association has gone through a lot over the past two, three decades. And uh, just so many comments from especially old timers of like, Jason, you have no idea what it's been like. This is so awesome. You guys are doing a great job. We're so excited. Uh we're so grateful that the next generation has taken this by its reins and is running with it. And they see the change that's happened to your point. It was really a social club from what I've heard, uh of coming together to commiserate and have a tax write off of, of a little bit of an event. And that's not to downplay all the good work that was being done because there is a foundation for for us to stand on now as we build this forward, but yeah. In the last five, six years, it's really become education focused and program focused. Yeah. I'd say the energy was the highest highlight for me. People were so optimistic and so excited and I got re-energized and uh, it was a ton of fun.
0: That's a great way to put it. It definitely does infuse some energy into you when you're there and you're with you know, like-minded people and colleagues and other business owners that have a variety of ideas and things that they're working on and you see mm-hmm. all the passion associated with it. So if if somebody's out there listening to this and they're thinking, well, I don't really know what the PDCA is or what the PCA is now, and yeah. how do I best get involved and what what should I do first if I'm a if I'm a contractor listening to this and I'm thinking, yeah. well, you know, look, I either knew what the PDCA was years ago and it didn't, it kind of turned me off, or I've never really been involved at all, but I'm hearing something that's pretty interesting. What would you have them do?
1: I would say first of all, just uh, try utilizing the free resources that we put out there. So the PCA is a nonprofit and a lot of what it does is geared towards bettering the industry, you know, kind of full blanket. And Benjamin Moore, you've been a fantastic underwriter of those programs. So thank you so much for what you guys do to make that possible. But I'd go PCAPaintDead.org. Uh, just look it up online and, and get involved with some of the free resources. The standards would be one of the top ones that I'd start with right away. Uh, there's been a huge collaborative effort to put together standards of what a finished product looks like that you can put in your contract and uh, it's a, it's a nice because it's third party it's industry recognized it's uh it's a great way to get them to a common understanding on on items that could be a little contentious so that's a great free resource outside of that I'd sign up for the 30-day trial of Pca overdrive pretty much any business related question you could search in the search field and you'll probably find a dozen videos Related to that. So, those are two things I would start right off the bat. If you like what you see, I'd make the ask to consider becoming a member. Uh, For members, we have many more programs and many more benefits. Discounts to events. Uh, The PCA Expo was a banger, as the kids call it. And uh, with COVID kind of lifting, we're looking forward to doing a lot more events here in 2022. Health insurance, group health insurance. So, the Associated has collectively bargained or negotiated uh, insurance offerings for our painting contractor members. And that's a very big deal. I don't know if we do a good enough job promoting that. That's a huge benefit to why you would want to become a PCA member. Painter training. So this is something that we've been releasing in the last months after a year and a half of effort but a clear uh, and concise learning management system path to help upskill your painting, your painters and your business. And so it's a learning management system, an LMS, not just a handful of videos that got dropped on the internet, uh, but a guided path on how to upskill your painters on, on the the different competencies involved in painting, both in English and Spanish and both on interior and exterior.
0: So on that education path, Jason, I'll interrupt you for a second. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking through, you know, in terms of level of effort, time invested, that kind of thing. You're obviously going to be taking your your painters off of or out from behind the brush, if you will, or off the ladder to do that. Um, how important do you think it is to to really invest the time? Because that's really what it's going to be for the business owners, right? I mean, they're investing yeah. the time to have their their folks go through this training. How do, you, how do you see that with a level of importance?
1: Yeah, I think we all like to complain or commiserate about the labor shortage. And part of that is short term issue. Part of that's a long term issue. But I think showing your your employees that you care about them, that you're willing to invest of them, invest in them, goes a long ways in retention. Not only in retent- retaining them, uh, but it's helpful if you're trying to recruit recruit others. So your painters are going to talk. They're going to hang out at the at the fire pit. They're going to hang out at the bowling alley. They're going to hang out at, at church, and they'll talk to people about what's what's new, what's happening in their business. And if they're talking to their friends about, yeah, my my boss, he, uh, signed us up for this learning program and I learned a few things and I'm able to prove to him, uh, you know, why I deserve a raise, right? Because I do have these different competencies. Not many painting contractors are doing that. It's mostly just throw them out there, see what happens and, uh, then be shocked, kind of Pikachu face shocked at when there's, (laughs) when there's turnover. Right. And, uh, so you can really be kind of that preferred contractor of choice, um, when you're trying to recruit labor.
0: Yeah, that's, that's perfectly said. I think it's, it's, it's hard, right? It's hard to invest that time and to take the production yeah. down a bit to do it, but I think it pays dividends down the road, right? And I think that's what we've learned over time is that, you know, it, production today is one thing, but education over a longer period is something far, far greater. And, and the outcome really is, is substantial. Shifting gears a little bit here. So an Ironman in the fall.
1: What's next? In five weeks, I have a 50 mile trail run. So, 50 been getting the legs right, 50, 50 miles in the fall, 100 mile trail run. And so, I don't know if you know John Busick, California, but he's been my inspiration for that. Uh, he's a beast, but yeah. Where do you do that? So, the 50 miles in Zumbrota, Minnesota, so southeastern Minnesota. And then we'll see. I've got, I'm on a wait list for one in Iowa in the fall. Uh, if that doesn't happen, there's actually a second one in Iowa that's a little less prominent, they'll go to. So, within driving distance from the Twin Cities this time.
0: That's awesome. So thinking about you got a lot going on, right? Somehow you've found time to to train for a 50 mile. You got to find time to train for a hundred mile. You've got four kids. You've got three kind of business verticals that you're involved in. How do you balance it? How do you find that balance and how do you keep that balance? Because I think that's something that a lot of business owners struggle with. I know I struggle yeah. with it too, and I don't own a business. Um, you're just trying to find time for family and Mm-hmm. and work and all the stuff that comes along with it, plus, you know, enjoying yourself a little bit along the way. So how do you, how do you do that?
1: Um, it's certainly been something I've learned and has been, you know, def- definitely not been perfect at, at all times. So I want to definitely want to come at this from a, a line of humility. There are some tactical things that we could get into, and there's also kind of macro philosophical. So kind of the macro scale, I'm pretty good at delegating and allow, allowing people who are better than I am at certain things to take those on. Right, or even if they're able to commit more of their energy and resources and get a, a better result than I am. So, a good example is one of the first things I let go of in Paris painting was sales. And I thought I was a sales god, but I was able to quickly rationalize, like, okay, if this is someone, if this is all someone's doing all day, all week, I bet they'd outperform me. Um, and even if they don't, I bet if I, if I bet a team of three people could at least outperform me. And what I quickly found out is that uh, I was good at sales, not great. And we were hire, able to hire people who were great at sales, and that's all they did all day. So I'm pretty good at delegating because it's very apparent that I'm not good at most. I'm not great at most things. I'm j- I'm just good at everything. And so it's easy to find those those pieces. I'm pretty good at saying no to things that are not a, a heck yes. So if it's not a heck yes, then it's a no. And there's a lot of things I say no to. We listed out a bunch of things that make me sound like I say yes to, to a lot, but there's a lot more things that I say no to. Those are some big macro kind of concepts. If you get micro, not micro, but micro, <laughs> uh, you know, th- then it comes into you're setting your priorities. So there's a million different things under the sun that I could lay my hand to, but I have to choose the things that have the highest impact towards the objectives that I'm trying to achieve. And so I'm very clear about what I want in my life, what I'm passionate about in my life and what the objectives look like to see those passions to fruition. And I choose things that are going to have the highest impact towards that. So I say no to a lot of things that have a low impact. I say yes to things that have a high impact. I'm very diligent. I'm a a high CS on the disk profile, very compliant with my weekly and daily rhythms. And so I am not just an automatic machine. I'm very human. If I let myself go to my own tendencies, I tend not to do the things that I want to do. I tend not to do the things that will steer me in the direction of having the highest impact to my direct my objectives and so for me that looks like a daily a weekly a monthly a quarterly an annual rhythm where i really have to sit down and spend the time to make sure i'm doing the things that are going to have that highest impact and i would be actually a lot more productive if i didn't have to spend that time but i've just found i know myself well enough that if i don't force myself to do that then i waste it
0: you're listening to Benjamin Moore's coverage, a podcast for professional painters by professional painters. Now, let's get back to our interview. Obviously, incredibly enlightened about you know yourself and and kind of how you approach business and life. Um, one of the questions I have, kind of listening to you now, is do you do you have a mentor? Do you have something that kind of brought you to this place? Right? Because yeah. it's it's pretty self-reflective to be able to kind of take a step back and look at you know, what's your strengths and weaknesses are. I mean, how do you, do you have someone or some people or some books that you've read that you could recommend that can help others kind of help, help them deal with what is an avalanche of just life, right? Life, business, family, all that stuff. And it can be, it can be crippling. So any, any advice or on how to find a mentor? Do you have one? Uh, If you don't, you know, how'd you get so darn good at this? And what do you say?
1: Yeah. So I will say, I think the biggest impact has been the circle of people that I've surrounded myself with. And so even now in the adventures I take on, I have tremendous partners and they all make me a better person. I think that's where a lot of uh, that self-reflection and that ironing, iron sharpening iron kind of comes from.
0: So I'm thinking about what does that selection process look like when you're searching for a mentor? How do you, how do you begin narrowing that field and, and what questions do you ask to try to make sure you're aligned with the right people?
1: Yeah, I think for me, uh, similar values is number one. So we're operating all the same paradigm. When I'm seeking someone, I like to have someone that's in the stage of life after mine, if not two stages after mine. So there's a good relationship there of kind of like a little bit of gray hair and a little bit of of spiky hair meeting each other and uh, someone who's kind of walked the walk and you want to emulate, emulate them. And ideally, similar passions, right? So I'm very passionate about family. I'm very passionate about business. I'm uh, Very passionate about maximizing individual performance, and so find someone that has shown that in their life. That's what I look for.
0: That's great advice. So, where do you see Paris Painting in five, ten years? You're a you're a relatively young man, and I think you got a ways <laughs> to go, right? So, where 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 are we taking this business next?
1: Okay. So, the twenty year olds, I'm not. I'm like a, I'm not <laughs> well, a young man. They think I'm old, but I would say, I mean, Paris Painting could certainly get to twenty, thirty million dollars in the Twin Cities. Right, that's not that's not out of reach, uh, especially in this metro area. I think that's where a good part of our energy and efforts go to. But I think most of the drive is through all foldings and scaling through partnerships. So I think that I think that's if you look five, ten years out, that's where most of the energy and the efforts can be focused on. But yeah, I think Paris painting will continue to grow and continue to scale, uh, even in an economic downturn. I think demand could get cut in half, and there would still be a supply demand imbalance, and and that and that model. You know, it's all about how well you can execute your system, right? How well can you execute? That's going to determine your growth and your success. And we're pretty dang good at that. We have a really good team. So that's where I think in the five, 10 years, I don't know what's going to happen to the economy in the next year, two years, three years. If I did, I'd be leveraged up to the gills and futures and options, right? There's a literal market where you can leverage other people's money. For anybody that's confident which i like to remind people of when we go to conferences and and people speak so confidently about what they know is going to happen next year but yeah that's what i see uh for paris paying the next five ten years
0: yeah got it so you, you mentioned systems and i think that's kind of a broad term right so it's a system that you guys have as a as a unit but i i assume there's also systems that you rely on that have enabled your growth right so whether it's you know i'm certainly there's the accounting part of the business there's a the scheduling part of the business there's the people part of the business there's all those different parts and pieces and from what i've heard you say in the past not having a system for a number of these different elements make them almost impossible right so would you would you recommend or what would you recommend for somebody who's maybe drowning in one of those different verticals to say even if it's not the actual system or maybe it is but how do they seek that out how do they find that thing that's going to help them you know get get out from under that that avalanche of of business and life and all that stuff
1: yeah, I think maybe start with what their role should be in the company, and uh, you know everyone kind of starts out as an entrepreneur, and you know I think the reality is that most of our industry does not, you know, has no business being a business owner. Uh, you have good talented craftspeople who now own a job, but you know they're kind of martyring their life and their family's life by trying to run a business. And if they want to be the owner, and that doesn't mean they have to be the president. That doesn't mean they have to be the one that designs the systems and finds the systems. You know, I would say don't be afraid to hire people who are experts and stuff that you're not that you're not. So I think that'd be a great place to start is is figure out what are your strengths and what are your attributes and what do you see yourself holding on to the company long term. Uh for myself, I was a great president up to that 2 million dollar mark, you know, maybe even 3. Uh but I am not actually a great president of a 10 million dollar painting company, uh much less a 25 million dollar plus holdings company, right? That's that's not my skill set. I'm a founder. Uh I'm an entrepreneur. I have a pretty high tolerance for pain. I'm good at pretty much everything. When you start to hire people for those specific roles, when you start to place people for those roles, because you could, in theory, even place yourself, you're almost looking for an opposite set of competencies and skills. You want someone who has a low tolerance for pain and is not good at everything, but hyper specialized in one or two things. So, if someone's struggling, they're feeling like they're, you know, just their their company's blowing up. First of all, entrepreneurship is not for everybody. Uh, being a president is not for everybody, or at the very least. Being the person that designs and implements systems, you, know, you may be better suited by hiring someone to do that.
0: That's great advice. I think sometimes one of the hardest things to do is admit that you can't do it yep. right or you shouldn't do it. Yep. perhaps is even a, even a better way to say it. So one of the things we like to cover with this with this particular podcast is what's the horror story? what's the humor story? what's the give us a, a day in the life where you just you know your head was shaking one way or the other being in this business does anything anything jump to the front of your mind?
1: I remember early on, so this was 2013, I worked for a roofing contractor at the time and I would literally change the magnets on my car as I would leave that <laughs> yeah. job and they'll right. go like visit a painting job site and I'll change out my polo shirts as well. And so I was visiting a job site and we were all employee based at the time and the budget was not going great, right? I'd quoted it out and, and the team was not like crushing it. So i went out there to give a little morale boost and a little bit of energy. So I show up on site and, uh, kind of clap. I'm like, Hey, let's go. And I grab a spray gun and I run up the ladder. I'm gonna like, I'm going to show these guys how to move with a purpose. Cause so I think that's kind of the issue is there, we're like lackadaisical. It's like, uh, no, no, no. I'm going to show them like, you get up there, you, you back roll it. Like you're, you're out there to move and produce. So I jump up there, don't do my ladder safety check. Ladder ends up slipping out. Uh, fortunately, it catches, maybe fortunately, it catches on, on something on the way down. So it pivots over. I tumble over. I land on my side, get the wind knocked out of me, feel like I have bruised ribs. I'm like, Ugh, uh, <laughs> I walk to the front of the house to compose myself, come back, just embarrassed. I'm like, all right, just freaking let's just paint. I don't care. Let's <laughs> right. I drive home. I drive home and I, I go straight to my laptop and I go www.codeacademy.com. And I'm like, this sucks. I don't want to run a painting company. Uh, I don't want to be involved in painting. I'm going to learn how to code. I'm pretty smart. I know how to work with computers. I'm pretty logic-based. And uh, I'm done. This sucks. (laughs) Now, I did not see that through. (laughs) I came to my senses later that night. I kind of talked to my wife about what was going on. But yeah, there's, I'd say, for sure, the first six, seven years, you know, I, I, there was a day every single year where I cried and it was just, you hit rock bottom every single year. When you're an entrepreneur, you're trying to get something to go up from the ground up. And, uh, I remember that one that was, that was the day I was like, I'm changing my vocation uh, after that day.
0: Oh, that's a good one. That's and a bad one all at the same time, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so we covered a lot of ground, and your time is super valuable, and I appreciate you giving us any of it. And I think you know the one thing that I was I was hoping to get out of this is is the the whole notion of the PCA and what it means to you and what you what you've done for it. So, I want to thank you for taking that association. And there's others, obviously. It's a you know it's a team effort. You know, it's something that's really important to the industry. It's obviously really important to you. I think there's a lot of value that you know like-minded people other entrepreneurs other business owners can get from it you've done a fantastic job describing it so I did want to I did want to mention that one more time so Yep. So a 50 mile trail run coming up in a few weeks. Um, last question I have for you is what does that training look like? I mean, are you going out every day and running yeah. 15, 20, 25? What's the, what's the regimen look like? It's
1: not too much. So a lot of it is just, you know, getting a good volume, but doing it in a healthy way. When we were at Expo, I did get up both Thursday and Friday morning and ran ha- half marathons each day. It just looks like you're putting in the work now. You're, you're accepting the pain now to avoid the pay- avoid the pain later because you can't just show up to a 50 mile trail run and will yourself through, like maybe you can a marathon. Uh, if you're not prepared, you're going to get toasted.
0: Yeah. You'll pay, right? Yeah. You'll, you'll you get, pay. You'll
1: get toasted, man.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Um, so final thoughts, anything that you would want to impart on the folks listening to this, whether it be your attitude toward business, you know, how you kind of see the profession in general, as we've talked about, I mean, it's super important to me and I know to you to to elevate this this trade as much as we possibly can. I mean, final final thoughts relative to where you think this trade is can go and and what mm-hmm. what you would you would say to somebody who's maybe just getting into it or uh, maybe having one of those crying days where they're thinking about getting <laughs> out of it right what, yeah. what would you say
1: well there's just such a tremendous opportunity in what you're doing so i would just encourage everyone to stay the path i'd also say you know the age of rampant uh, unprofessionalization is going to come to an end Uh, in painting contracting and most industries have gone through their renaissance not all the trades have but construction is starting to uh, and painting is going to go through that as well so i'm excited for that i think it's going to come from two fronts one is by uh, building professionalization up within the industry another is going to be pulling professionalization in from outside the industry and so there are several people i talked with pca expo and uh one thing the pca does so well is putting out tons and tons of content around professional painting companies and the professionalization and the opportunity. And there were several people there who had quit their jobs as uh, some marketing executive and said, yeah, I'm, I'm really actually pretty interested in running a painting company. And they were glad that we had the painter training so they could learn about the painting aspect of it. And so I think in the in the years to come, in the decades to come, we're gonna get a lot more professional. We're gonna drive it up from within, but we're also gonna pull it, pull it uh, from outside. And I'm excited for that. Uh, I really hope you're
0: right. I see it going in that direction too. And that's that's a, a core part of our mission as well, is to do everything we can to elevate the trade. And that's kind of what this podcast is all about, right? Talking to guys like you and helping other folks kind of share ideas and 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 get connected, which I think is is really, really critical. Well, Jason, I want to say thank you. Thanks so much for your time. You've obviously got a fantastic business, a busy life uh <laughs> and time to run miles and miles and miles seemingly um, on top of everything else, so I do. I do want to say thanks for your time today. You've been terrific, and and we appreciate you know not only what you've done for the PCA, but the business that you give us as well. And it's yeah. it's super critical. So thanks again for everything. I really do appreciate it. And, yeah. and you've got a you've got a heck of a thing going there in in, in Minneapolis.
1: Well, thanks, Greg, for all that Benjamin Moore does. You guys are tremendously generous with your sponsorship and a lot of it unsolicited. So I appreciate that.
0: Uh, we're here for you, for sure. Sounds like things are going in the great direction in a lot of different ways. So thanks again for your time today, Jason. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Coverage. If you enjoyed this podcast from Benjamin Moore, be sure to subscribe and share it with other professional painters. Follow us on Instagram at Benjamin Moore Pro. DM us with questions, comments, or future topic suggestions. Let us know if you would be interested in being a guest. This is your podcast, and we want to hear from you. In the meantime, stay busy, and we'll see you on the next episode of Coverage.